the very best recruiters are expert marketers and superior salespeople. You want to think about exactly the way you acquire a lead is how you want to acquire your talent. So you want to create like a customer journey, a candidate journey. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking, and strategies to elevate your results. To get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Hey, hey everyone, Sam here. Good people are hard to find, it's often said, in the real estate industry. And at 3.9%, Australia's unemployment rate now officially begins with a three. It hasn't been this low since 1974, and Australia isn't alone. The unemployment rates are at record lows all around the world. This means that good people are even harder to find. And if you're hiring right now, putting an ad on SEEK probably hasn't quite gotten the result you were hoping for. So today we're hoping to find out what's working right now from an expert in the space. Jade Green helps business owners with finding and keeping great people, even when it seems times are pretty challenging. So Jade, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to share some of the industry's best tips with your people today. Awesome. Well, um, thank you for joining us on the podcast. And before we get stuck in defining good people and all of that, I know you have a podcast too called Barrels and Business, which is such a cool name. How did you come up with that? Um, well, I, so I went to the Mentawis for my birthday a few years ago and my boyfriend at the time took my laptop off me before I went and said it wasn't coming. And I was, I was a little bit mortified. I got locked in a safe at uh, entrepreneur resorts where I run the business accelerators and I was, the anxiety was high and he's like, there's no internet. So I don't know what you're worried about, but I got over there and I was like, Okay, what am I going to, I love listening to podcasts. I love podcasts. I've wanted to do a podcast for eight years and just this idea. And I had the space, right? I had space to think and do. And we're bouncing back on the boat uh, to the mainland. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to do a podcast talking shit about the two (laughs) things I love most, surfing and business. Now, I'm not, uh, the name, name sometimes assumes that I might be a great surfer. I'm not a great surfer but I love the pursuit of learning and I do feel like I'm a surfer at a soul level. And it was just that so that I could turn up and have fun in my authenticity, gave me a passion project that wasn't necessarily linked to earning an income. So I, yeah, so I love, uh, I love the barrels in business. So it's chasing surfing barrels and it's the podcast for beach loving business owners. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's amazing. Cause I've seen some of your videos too. And, and by the way, I wish I was as cool as you. Um, <laughs> You know, like with with the surfboards and the work, like the workshops with the surfboards and all that sort of stuff. So tell me a little bit about those and and who is Jade Green and what do you do? Uh, awesome. You can probably see one of my boards in the background and it's got um it's got the logo on it, the Barrels and Business logo on it. My skateboard's also logoed up and so is the van. So the amazing thing about that is tax deduction, mobile advertising everywhere for the podcast. I love it. Honestly, what it really is is it just gave me what I felt was permission to show up as me 
And because I used to be, when I was in recruitment, like 13 years in headhunting and recruitment, I had the office in the financial district on, you know, on Pitt Street in Sydney. I used to wear a full pinstripe suit, like the dead straight hair, like really like the matching paint and leather shoes and Prada bags and all of the things, which was me in that time. But I felt like there's a little bit of constraint around that. So bringing in that personality element allowed me to, you know, I, I often roll in, I don't know if you can see on there, like I've got my dress on, but I've usually got like Converse shoes and I skateboard dressed like this. And it just gave me that permission to show up and be myself and add that element of who I am as a human, which I work in with my clientele about how can they bring more of them to what they do and not try and like slam down this roller door of like disassociation or separating who they are outside of work and who they are inside of work, which is some of the stuff that I teach with how do we enroll people into our culture and the retention and look at the whole human as well. So that was kind of the bridging of that gap. I use a lot of stuff from uh, the training that I do with the Flow Research Collective about understanding flow science and the, the brain side of things. And surfing is one of those massive flow triggers, specifically for me but also when we can teach other people because of the way it interacts with like the challenge skills balance, the um, interaction between body and soul and environment. And so it's a really cool thing to use as a team building exercise, but also just to open people up. So there's all this layering of how I bring that into what I do. Does that answer the question for you? Yeah, I was going to say I love that in a whole range of directions because my passion is marketing and, you know, and I think what you're doing there, like it's it's not just attracting clients to you that might be interested in surfing in that whole, you know, sort of that whole space, but it's actually, um, you know, we weren't going to get into people immediately, but let's do it anyway. Um, you know, attracting people that want to work for you um, because that's kind of you're bringing your lifestyle into the, into the workplace. Yeah. And what I love about it is one of my biggest clients, one of my like ones that I go the deepest with and have done the most work with in the last year, when I asked him, when he, he just started ringing my messenger, like Facebook messengers ringing me, and I'm like, is this guy a creeper? Like, who is this? And my team's like, no, he looks legit. And I answered, I'm like, hey, we got on a, one of those discovery calls, a coaching call, and I, uh, I said to him, why me, why now? And he said, I just love that you you show the human side of you and I can get a sense of who you are and that's really important to me. And I love that you surf. He goes, I'm never going in there. I'm shit scared of sharks, but I'm glad that you go in there. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I think people hold back some of the stuff because they think that, like, it's not that everyone's going to resonate with it, but if you break it down to what the essence is and what that can mean, then it just changes that landscape. So for a marketing perspective, you you can start to talk about that layering and the marketing for candidates as well comes into that side of things. Yeah, so let's talk about that at the moment. Um, unemployment is at a record low um, and we're hearing so often in the real estate industry that good people are hard to find and I'm feeling like it might be um, that way in a lot of industries. So I'm going to ask you about some of the um, elements of finding good people at the moment, but how tight, like you're right in the space, like you're right yep. in that area. How tight is the employment market right now? Let me just say, people think, oh, it's only when employment rates are low or they go, oh, do you know what? Everything will get better when the bubble bursts or like, and I've recruited through a dot-com crash, a GFC, like everything you can imagine. And what I want people to understand is the best talent in the market always has an option and always has a job. 
So it's if you want the top, the industry's best, and you want to build an epic team, it's always it's always tight, and you always need to be in front of the game. Um, right now, it is crazy because there's all of these things like the life lap phenomenon. There's the great resignation. There's like the psychological safety of talent has changed vastly. So where they wanted the security of a job or they were too scared to change because, you know, you just never know, like if you've got a place that's safe, better the devil, you know, that stuff completely changed. The landscape completely changed thanks to COVID, but also because of the digital era and how much easier it seems, and I'm saying it is, but the perception, especially to our sort of Gen Ys and below to be able to go out and do things on their own. So they think that they can make enough money by selling stuff on uh, online or being being on OnlyFans, like, um, or or an, an influencer. Now, I'm not saying that's that's true that they can, but it's that that doesn't matter. It's what they think they can do, and they've seen so much throughout COVID, people being able to change jobs and careers quite easily because they've had the, that safety removed and they can change. And so that gives them the, the sense that maybe I could do that too. And if they had their income cut and they've learned to redistribute how they do it or budget, that they don't need to be so scared about the money they used to earn as well. So it's just changed that whole mindset behind things. So we need to take that into consideration. Um, but also that just people are, they're reevaluating what's important to them in life. And so they're being more choosy. What you just said is really interesting and it, it just made me think for a moment because I started this magazine as a side hustle when I was working for, you know, a very large corporate company who expected that, you know, back then there were no side hustles. Like I'm only talking 10, 12 years ago now. Yeah. But, um, but you know, like I, I do agree with you now. It's expected with the younger generation that, they're, that they can do all of these other things as well and they want to build their own brands. Yeah, 100% they want to build their own brands. Um, the being an entrepreneur was really um, became shiny, especially with Gary Vee a few years ago. If if anyone, especially we find in salespeople, real estate salespeople, those types of people that started consuming that sort of media, it was almost like a pressure that for you to be anything, you had to have a side hustle. You had to be an entrepreneur. You had to have something else. And so they started leaning towards that as well. Some of them are fast, fastly realizing it's not all of the bells and whistles that they thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, you got to wait for that roller coaster to, to take the dip before they're, they're ready to jump back into teams. So you want to think about how else you can service their needs and their, what they're looking for. If you, if you want to a attract them and B keep them. Yeah. So what we're saying is, um, you know, the, the days of hiring great talent um, by putting an ad up on Seek and crossing your fingers that you're going to get a heap of good applications, they're probably, they're probably done, right? Yeah. I don't even know when, when, when were those days. It seems like that was a very, very long time ago. And just um, to preface this conversation as well, Samantha, my, when I was in headhunting and recruitment for those 13 years, I specialized in sales and executive, which meant that I did a lot in and around real estate, both um, commercial, residential development, everything you can imagine there. And this has never been like, it's never been the case where you can just put up an ad and get the very best people. You might get a lot of applicants, but then you'd have to ask yourself, why are they on seek? Like, 
what's happened and you had to rely on someone having a really bad day at work and their boss being a complete dick that they were like, oh, I'm going to go look for a job. Now, there is a few things that are happening in the market and the reason why you still have to have a really great advertisement, and we'll talk about the difference between posting a, posting a job on Seek versus an advertisement, they, there's a lot of push by Seek and a lot of marketing at the moment about the great job influx and the great job boom and poking those holes in terms of you don't need to work for that narcissist. You don't need to work for that bad boss. There's all of this opportunity. So there's a lot of noise coming into the market. Like I was at the gym the other day seeing these ads going, oh, that might make someone question and move them into action to search. So I'm not saying don't do it, but you've got to make your ad stand out if if you want if you want them to go through because they know they have choice and the if they're on there because of a pain motivator they're not going to take any they're not they're not going to click everything they're only going to click what they really want that's interesting so let's talk about um let's talk about some ads you know like I wish I had a few to show you but I actually did google a few on seek last night um knowing I was going to talk to you and you know, like they, they did seem all the same. Like it's like if you've got a passion for people and, and a passion for property. Are you a sales superstar? Career change into real estate. I mean, you know, like I think, I think you know, real estate and stress has had a bit of a bad rap in the media at the moment, so I'm not sure that's going to work either. But, you know, but basically they all look the same. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's more about here's what I need you to do for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if, if you were using Seek what approach would you take? So a couple of things. Don't follow the template that Seek gives you because everybody does. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the fir- very first thing is the very best recruiters are expert marketers and superior salespeople. You want to think about exactly the way you acquire a lead is how you want to acquire your talent. So you want to create like a customer journey, a candidate journey. You need to profile your avatar. So you need to think like they think, put your feet in their shoes and speak their language, meet them where they're at. Really think about what's in it for them, like you would with any marketing and advertising campaign, right? For God's sake, don't lose the first part of your summary on Seek. We have a vacancy for, no shit, you've got an ad on Seek. <laughs> yep. Stop wasting work. They're very precious words, right? If you don't nail your bullet points and make sure you've got the three bullet points, pay for the premium, and your summary, it, it doesn't matter how good your ad is, doesn't matter how great you are, no one's clicking through to see it. You've got to win them over and move them, motivate them to take the next step. So you've got to think about that very first thing is you're you're selling the next step. With recruitment, everything is sell the next step. Don't send the don't sell the next goal, like the end goal of getting them on board. Sell the next step. You've got to keep them moving along just like a lead. So think about who is your avatar, profile them. You might need to do multiple ads because you might go, oh, I could take a return to work mum on these hours. Oh, I could take a really experienced person on this, or I could talk to, I could take on someone fresh and green, completely different ads for the three different people. Actually, I've learned something today too, because I I didn't think of it that way, like that you could actually think of it like a marketing campaign and think, well, what, what kind of person, what kind of, you know, like, do I want someone who's interested in surfing, like things like that, yep. um, you know, to, to join, you know, for the sake of culture of the firm or something like that. 
honestly, it's marketing 101 and it's speaking their language. So we don't write flexible working hours because everyone says that, right? Work from home. Uh, we just did that for the last two and a half years. Everyone does that now, right? You want to point out. So when you get, you want them nodding their head, right? Oh yeah, you speak to me. This is for me. I'm not trying to please everyone. I'm just trying to get the right people. So you would say something like, so this is why I run different campaigns. I might need to want the same type of person, but I go, oh, I could take one of these. If I said flexible working hours so that you can pick up your kids from school or never miss little Johnny's soccer game. Or so when those barrels are pumping, you can get wet. Yeah. I love that. So I'm thinking about what do I, what do I use for, and, and it could be the same job, exactly the same vacancy, but I'm thinking about how do I get someone to nod their head and jump on board? And I join the dots for them. I don't say we're family orientated and don't paint the picture of what that looks like. We have a great culture. Oh my God, please. What's so great about it? Yeah. And your version of great versus my version of great could be two vastly different things. Yeah, such a good point. Real estate's an interesting industry and I'm sure like people like you, you, you know, you just said that that you've um, had a fair bit of experience in it and you'll know that there are some high performers and some very big personalities. I'm just going to use the word personalities. <laughs> let's use um, that. Let's use that. Yeah. Um, on your website, you talk about hiring heroes. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about, you know, like what hiring heroes is all about. Okay, beautiful. Let me ask you a question then. When you think of a superhero, if you think of like, um, oh, what are they? The Marvels or whatever. And the Incredibles. What, what are the, yeah, what, is the, <laughs> what are the character traits that make them a hero? Well, they're all different actually. Like, you know, if you look at each member of the Incredibles or you look at each different superhero, even Wonder Woman or Superman or Spider-Man, they all have different, um, they all have different talents. Yep. So they they build a team based on the unique geniuses and no one is judged like no one's better than the other one. Like they've, they've all got their unique genius and they play to their strengths. They figure out which one of them is going to run into that burning building based on who's got the right skill set for it. Right. Yep. They've got each other's backs. They, they are working towards a common goal or against a common enemy. There's camaraderie behind it. No man, no man or woman left behind. Right. They're friends outside of work. Yep. Right. There's all of these elements that build up who they are as as a team and the way that they interact. I think Wonder Woman and Batman are definitely. Oh, they're definitely. (laughs) Friends outside of work. They're very friendly outside of work. Uh, (laughs) Right. So, but you, you look at that and you go, right, well, I want a team of heroes behind me. So I don't want a team of duds. I want a team that's a, like that are geniuses in their own right and they step into their genius. They're not comparison to everyone else and we're working towards something together. Like it's a common it's a common mission. Like we've all agreed upon it and we're, we're there's a togetherness around it and they're the best of the best. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and they've got a can-do attitude. So there's all of these reasons why I use the hiring heroes Um wording and, and idea ideology around that. Um, I squirreled off there for a second. Pull me back no, in. No, I love that. I love that. But, <laughs> I get so passionate um, about yeah, it. Yeah, so, I mean, on the topic of hiring heroes, um, the thing is, like, you know, and you've probably find this a lot. Again, I'm probably not saying anything that you haven't heard a million times, but I think that, you know, it's really hard to tell what, exactly is a person's key strength Mm -hmm. like 
um, because on your LinkedIn profile, basically you can say anything. On your CV, basically yeah. you can say anything. And so, you yeah. know, like, you know, like I get CVs and I sort of, and I look at them with a, you know, and I kind of think only, only half of that's true. Um, You're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was, I was being nice, I think, but, um, but you're much nicer than me, Samantha. <laughs> yeah. I was, well, I was going to say like, how do you actually, how do you actually tell like what this person's skill is and how it's going to fit in your business? Yeah. Beautiful. So a lot of the part of my, like the recruitment funnel is also getting people to opt out along the way. So they self opt themselves out of the process by talking, like really getting into the nitty gritty of what your company virtues are, stand for, stand against, and how that plays out. Um, so one of my clients has a no dickhead policy and we talk about what a dickhead is. And so when they talk about that, people who are constantly going to be late for work, not clean up their area, chuck sick days, like we we name all this, they, they don't apply because they know they're not going to last right? But we utilize that sort of stuff in the interview process as well and be like, okay, what is this? Like, if I say that to you, what does that mean to you? So rather than us telling you what, what dickhead is to us, what does that mean to you in the, in terms of a workplace? And you can get a pretty good read, like how much they freeze, even a salesperson, right? You can read a salesperson and you say, okay, cool. So one of our, um, one of our core, core values is one of my clients is be awesome. What, is that, what would that mean to you in terms of being awesome to in a team environment with your colleagues? Yeah. And you, you start to hear their examples. Or give me an example of where you've been human-centric yeah. in, in your previous role. And get them to give real, like, pull, utilize your company. I use the word virtues rather than values. Um, and that's because I like to go a bit deeper on that. But if you start to ask for scenarios, where have you applied this or how does this apply not only in your work life, but in your personal life, then you, you, you'll get a read on them really well. And I just want to bring back to like, I talk about culture and one of the things I want your listeners to understand is culture is what your people do when you're not watching. Yeah. Culture is not beanbags and ping pong tables and the Friday night celebrations it's not beers at the pub and pizza nights. It is the behavior of the people within your team. So you want to talk about and ask questions around how, have, how did they display these, these behaviors previously and in, their, and in their personal life because that gives you a read on who they really are as a human being. And that's what's replicable. Past performance, and, and you probably know this from salespeople as well, right? We can get a sales, someone who's been a sales superstar somewhere but they come to you and they fall flat. Well, you've got to look at what was the marketing effort that got them the leads? How warm were the leads when they got them? Like what else led to them to being able to be successful? What part of the sales process did they do? So the thing for me is if you want to know if something's replicable for you, you need to understand what their actual core beliefs and behaviors are. Yeah. What are some other good questions you might ask the person um, when, when you meet them face-to-face -face for the first time to figure that out? Yeah. Okay. So again, firstly, I would start with the company virtues and I, I usually pull those apart because that would give me the line to pull and, and the thread to pull on. Um, I always ask them things like, uh, what would your, if I was to ask your best friend to tell me what your number one weakness is, what would your best friend say? So I don't ask them what their weak, what's weakness and don't, and if they give me some sort of bullshit, like, Oh, I'm an, I'm a perfectionist. I, I overwork. I've, 
<laughs> right? What, what would your best friend say? Or what would your best friend say is your, or your sibling? And you give, if, when you say or psychology, but when you give them a specific person to think on, you can see where their eyes flick and you can get a read on that stuff as well. But it's a lot harder for them because it's not a, they can't just give their pre-prepared verb, like verbal garbage on it. Um, but ask them a situation, like give me a situation where you, you know, you closed the deal, but you didn't feel great about it. What was that? And why, why didn't it feel great for you? Yeah. Or you lost a sale. Where were you at cause with that? So if we can look at, cause then you can get a full read on their, who they are as a human as well. Where were you at cause in this situation? Yeah. Or that, like, give us your proudest moment and the biggest win, win you've had. What were the steps? What were the things that led up to that? So what did you do to set yourself up for success? What's your habits, behaviors, and routines behind that? Or your system behind that? Yeah, they're all fantastic questions. Um, so let's take a step back. So let's just say we haven't met our ideal candidate at the moment and we know that they're probably not hanging out on seek because the people hanging out on, and I say this with love, they're, they're the people that probably don't have jobs at the moment. Or, or they know they're about to not have one, yeah. not by choice. <laughs> or, they're, or they're in some kind of pain. But let's sort of, let's get uncomfortable for a moment because this is this is hard. Yeah. And, I mean, it happens in the real estate industry all the time. But does this mean that your ideal candidate is probably working for someone else right now? 100%. It's something like 89% of Australians are currently open to hearing about opportunities. So they're currently employed, but they are open to hearing about other opportunities and your best talent is always employed, right? Or they've got options. They're, 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 what else can they do themselves? So you've got to be thinking about how do you get yourself in front of them? How do you get their attention? How do they even know you exist? So you want to know where, where do they hang out? What Facebook groups are they on? What networking events are they at? Where do they play sport? What do they listen to? What other podcasts do they have? like that they're consuming. You want to really think about how do you get your employer brand in front of them? Are they on LinkedIn? Can you be getting your content in front of them? I think that answers that really well. Um, I mean, it's it's really hard to open those conversations if if someone's working for you. And I guess, you know, you really want to make sure that it is a fit. Um, is there anything that you do with your clients that sort of makes sure that um, you know, that there is a bit of a meeting of minds before things go too far down the track kind of thing. The key thing would be about it's the, it's the nurture. So it's just like leads, right? You want to nurture that lead. You want to be having conversations and chats before it's any form of an interview. You want to make sure there's an alignment there. Now, one of the stats I just pulled up on my screen there because I, I was teaching how to use social media to reduce your time to hire and fix your people problems. And 96% of what is it? 96% of job seekers use social media when conducting a job search, but they also use it to social proof. And it's the thing that they, and often they weren't searching for a job. They've found some sort of brand alignment to have a chat about, and then it turns into an opportunity. So if you can find them and start like having chats online, you, if you can get them interacting with your your content or you're interacting with their content, you have a beer with them or a coffee with them, not an interview. Yeah. Right. And I'm really, I teach my, my clients to have these conversations and to say, Hey, I'm warming my bench. You may not want a job right now. And that's cool. Like totally open and honest, right? I'm always looking for the best quality talent. I've heard something great about you or I've seen this and I just wanted to have a chat because you just never know 
where the future goes. I just wanted us to be able to know each other as a human. You can warm the bench with me. You never know what's going to happen for you in the future. What would you like to know about me? Yeah. And so when you can just have those, like, think about it. Nobody has those real raw conversations. No one opens. Like, it's like so refreshing. It's like, oh, oh shit. I don't have to perform. I don't have to say I'm going to commit. We can just get to know each other. Yeah. The other thing is it's like networking. Sometimes, even if they're working for a competitor, you can do joint ventures. You can share leads, it, especially I've seen a lot in real estate in the market when it's been super tight, people sharing lists, co, like uh, co-marketing something or someone's got the, the buyer, someone's got the seller, et cetera. They work together. Yeah. You just never know where it could go. And so I think just being open and saying, hey, I just think we're in the industry. We should know each other. Worst case, we'll figure out if we hate each other and stay clear. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, I just want to pick up on something that you just said um, earlier, which was, um, you know, that that people are looking for social proof. So, um, does this mean oh. that? Yeah, does this mean that leaders actually need to probably get a bit more active on? Oh my God, yes. So it's, it's not good enough to yeah sit there behind the brand anymore and hope that the brand's going to attract people. No way. Um, so I've always taught about social proofing. Think about it. If you're, if you are hot property in the market, if you, if you like have any sort of self-worth, you want to know who you're getting into bed with. You're going to go and search them. You're going to do your research. Right. And so successful candidates, so candidates that class are successful. So they get hired and they stay are nine times more likely to research current employees of an organization before accepting an offer, right? So they're going to go, they're going to go stalking your current employees. And that goes for the owner as well. We've probably, you've probably heard people don't leave companies. They leave leaders, mm-hmm. best quality talent by leaders. Yeah. So they want to know who they're going to work for. It's not, it's not just about the company brand. Who is the leader? So not just the owner, but who's running the team. They want to be able to get that information. They want to social proof them. They want to get a feel. If you want to win, you need to make the unfamiliar familiar, reduce the barrier and humanize the person so it's not scary for them. And it's not like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. You're, you know, it's a lot harder to say no to a human than it is to just words on a page. Um, so another statistic for you, after hearing about a job, so say it's a passive candidate that's just heard that there's an opening. Once they've heard about it and they're thinking about dipping their toe, 59% of them will go to the website to find out more about the culture and the team. So not to see what your business is like, they go specifically to find the about the team page and the culture page, right? So you really need to think about how you're positioning yourself as a leader. I call that uh, becoming a visible leader. And that's what's going to attract people to you. People want to work for the leader. I just heard a lot of tapping of keyboards, checking out their about pages and their team pages because they, you know, ah, there's, there's a ah. lot, there's a lot of people that don't actually cover that. But no. you know, I actually think that's a that's a really important point. Is that, you know, leaders when they're recruiting people, obviously they'll go and check Facebook and see if there's any sort of late night photos of drunken parties and things like that. But I think what they don't realise is that it's happening the other way around as well. Yeah. And this is where the ego comes in, right? They also still think that they're the employer and they pay money. And so people should be grateful and they have to jump through all of these hoops and, you know, it's all about us. No, you have to flip that around. They, 
top talent will research you more than you research them. Because remember, they're about to pay you with the most valuable resource they have in their entire life, their time. You're selling an opportunity and they are choosing to give you more time than they give their loved ones, their children. Like, do you know what I mean? Like this is, these are big decisions for them now and there's choice. So they're going to search and stalk way more than ever before. Yeah. So you really need to make sure that you've got your ground covered there. That's also how you get yourself in their field of reference, but that, that can be an absolute deal breaker. The amount of deals from being in recruitment previously that went south because someone went and searched the leader and didn't like what they saw or didn't like what they read or just didn't get a vibe for them. They're like, nah, I've got, I've got three opportunities for an interview. I've only got one time slot I can go because I've already got a job. I'm going to give it to this person. And then the other two never happened because they won them. Yeah. It's brutal out there. Like it's brutal on both sides, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And just to touch back on the, um, on what they're looking for, it's not good enough to go, this is a picture of our person. This is their job. That's not, that doesn't tell them anything. They want to know who the humans are. And when we talk about culture, what is the actual shit that you do? Not like the words, the, not the words on the wall, like we're, we're family friendly, we're fun. Like it's so cliche. Like what is fun about you? Like where's the pictures of you doing the fun things? Humanize. Yeah, that's it's that's an amazing, amazing tip and an amazing insight. Can we just flip this over a little bit now? Because, um, you know, we've been looking at things from the employer's point of view, but let's maybe look at things from the employee's point of view. So if if you are sort of sitting there at the moment and you're working for someone and you've been through the, you know, the pandemic and you're kind of thinking, oh, you know, what am, what am I, what am I doing with my life? What is the meaning of my life? Who am I, who do I really want to be with? Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you were thinking about changing jobs, what are the most important things that you should be finding out about your prospective employer? Yeah, beautiful. So the very first step that I would do is sit down and go, what do I stand for and stand against? What are my personal values? And start from that baseline because then you can start filtering and looking for things based on that so you don't end up accidentally somewhere. You get sold a sizzle and then you get there and you're like, oh, it's not what I really want right? Thinking about what's important for you, thinking about how you want to show up, really defining, like making yourself your own job brief. Like where's the location? What type of organization? What's important to me? Then go through your skill sets and go, what do I, what are my skills that I want to use? And then find opportunities that match that. Cause then you can use that to keyword search on seek. You can filter through as well. And for you personally, if you're going to be hiring, like going to be interviewing social proof yourself, as well, like making sure that you're on, on track. But what I would do then is go, okay, I get like, I jump on LinkedIn. I start searching through content. I start looking for where is some of those people that are common. And I always look for the humans. So that's the, that's the easiest step. And that's why it's so important on the employer side. If I was going to recommend to a candidate, how they go about a job search and position themselves in the market to do, and think about how you can humanize yourself in your resume, in your LinkedIn profile, right? How can you, especially if you're a salesperson, how can you warm up the lead? How can you warm up your prospect and treat it exactly in reverse to what we've just talked about? 
Yeah. And I mean, oftentimes in real estate, that's exactly the same as like attracting clients to your profile as well, isn't it? Like, you know, having having a great LinkedIn profile and, and talking about the benefits of working with you is is sort of is very similar. So it wouldn't it wouldn't be time wasted brushing up that whole LinkedIn profile anyway. The thing I say to both I'd say to both clients, uh, to to employers and employees, your who you are as an employer or employee brand always, always adds multiples of value to who to your marketing on the other side of things, right? If you showcase who you are and what you stand for, what you stand against, what your values are and who you are as a human being, attracts everyone to you. So it's never going to do a disservice to the way you show up. So it's valuable time spent on in any regard. Yeah, amazing. As I was thinking about questions for you last night, it, I came across, I was reading a Tim Ferriss interview and I just wanted to ask you this one because I think it's probably very relevant. Like we haven't talked about half of the stuff that you do do, which is, you know, in terms of coming in and consulting and um, talking about things like psych safety and stuff like that. But um, but I thought I'd throw this question at you anyway because it's kind of a big one, and I, and I but I think you've got it anyway, is... um. You know, Tim Ferriss said he always dreamed about getting an MBA and then actually sat in business school and hated it, um, <laughs> as the story goes. And then he decided to create his own real world MBA. So, Jade, if you were going to do the same, what sort of things would you include in that course for leaders? It's funny because I got accepted into doing my executive MBA and my standard M- MBA. And the same week, I decided to do a course on entrepreneurship instead. Uh, I went, do you know what? Actually, this doesn't serve me. It's not going to, it's not going to give me the elements I need. So I would sit down and go, what are my strengths as a leader and my weaknesses as a leader? Where do I want to play to my strengths and what does my team need? And so there's a couple of elements in there. You'd want to really brush up your skills on how you do your talent and um, employer branding, advertising and marketing and that side of things. So I do some research around that. Uh, I definitely look at your leadership qualities and how you can upskill yourself in the modern times. So I'd be like, I've got a couple of rubs with, with this one at the moment, but she's still got great work. Uh, the Brene Brown stuff. I'd be like going deep on Brene Brown's dare to lead and looking at, and, and looking at that stuff. I'd be really researching who are some of these players in the market and making a list of what you want to grab from them. Like, okay, cool. What can I take from Simon Sinek? in terms of creating the story? What can I take from Brene in terms of how I show up as a leader? Oh, what deep work do I need to do on myself so that I can show up how I need to show up? Oh, I might need atomic habits. Oh, I might need the art of impossible. I might need to like, I need to work on my habits, behaviors, routines so that I can lead from a place of authenticity and be modeled. How do I get myself in peak performance? Oh, I need peak performance. What do I, what elements do I bring in around peak performance? So I would go through and make, I do this for myself, obviously. Um, at, at the beginning of every year, I go through all of the areas of life that I want to enhance and I look at what's the things that I want to focus on for that. Um, and then if you're embodying that, then that's how you can waterfall it down as well. Does that answer that question? Yeah, I think so, definitely. And um, and so if I could summarise that a little bit, you're a big fan of the list. Yes. Yeah. So, I, lo- I love a good list. <laughs> write, write, write those things down. Yeah. So I actually, I break it, I really do break it down into what do I want to experience a life? What is the growth that I need to have that experience? What are my limiting beliefs behind that? And then who can help me to get where I want to go? And the who is often, 
it could be a podcast, it could be a book, it could be a course, it could be a mentor, it could be somewhere and I know. And that's what I, I break it down. And then I go about ticking that off and I schedule it into my six-week get shit done plans to be able to take those steps to get there. Otherwise, you don't have the momentum. I love that what you just said, that that who, not how. Like, you know, like it, it it's often, you know, like people think, how do I do this? How do I get this done? How do I, how do I, how do I? But, you know, sometimes it's a who. It's, it's nearly always a who. Or who, like if you're stuck with the how, the who can unblock you. And I, my big thing to people is thinking you don't need to know the person individually. You can get their content. That is very true because there's heaps of podcasts and stuff out there. So I want to, um, I just want to make it clear to everyone that, um, I mean, you, you've you even said on your website that your recruitment's sober. I mean, we have talked a lot about recruitment today because it's very, very topical, but you work with leaders in other ways. So, um, you know, how what are some of the other things that you do and how can people get in touch with you? So I'm recruitment sober in terms of I don't do recruitment anymore in terms of I don't do the placements because one of my core drivers is teaching business owners how to fish right? Well, the more I teach them, I teach them how to hunt, uh, most importantly. So I, I want to be able to give people the skills that they never have to pay a recruiter $15,000 a pop every time they need to hire and that they can reduce their time to hire from nine months down to a couple of weeks. So that's like a massive driver for me. Like how do I impart all of this knowledge I've had from training 152 recruiters to business owners so that they can do it themselves. Um, so I, that's a lot of what I teach. So we've got a couple of different ways to work with me. We do, we've got your, uh, your, your group, group coaching where we can step people through in a timely manner in a small group to make sure that they're actioning if they want to put their team through it as well, the owners don't need to do it themselves. We can train people. I do one day workshops and then we do the big, deep consulting work where I'll come in and work with an organization to extract and help them facilitate out what their culture really is. How do they deploy that? Build out that recruitment funnel, build out their onboarding success funnel and do the leadership side of things as well. And that obviously I do that with them one-on-one. So there's a few ways to do it. And then I've got a couple of clients a couple of clients, a couple of people that bring me in just to run team days. So if they've got a team, but they've got a, a bit of a team issue and they want to um, reinvigorate the culture and, and, or even a give back, we come in and we run super fun uh, team building days as well. Is that where we get to do surfing? That's where we get to do surfing. <laughs> we get to do, I do all sorts of things, ice baths. Um, d- well, we're doing one, we're going skydiving. Oh my God. Yeah, like it depends on your risk appetite. I'll skip. I'll skip that one. You keep that one. You want to come with that one? <laughs> no, I'll skip that one. I'll skip that one. But I'll, but but I'll try surfing one day. Surfing. We've, um, I've got clients that have done the surfing. That now the next thing we're going to do because I haven't done it and they want to see me uncomfortable. We're going to do kite surfing lessons. Oh, amazing! Amazing. Yeah. So yeah, lots of fun. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, for more information on Jade, it's jadegreen.com.au. We'll leave some links in the show notes and all of that sort of thing for you. And um, Jade, I want to thank you for coming along and spending some time with us on our podcast. Some of the stuff, some of the tips that you've given have been absolutely amazing. You're an absolute rock star in the space. Um, I ask everyone this one question, um, you know, to, to, to end off the podcast, but if there was one thing or one piece of advice you'd like to leave people with, Uh, what would it be? Ask yourself why the hell anyone should work for you? Because we think we know, right? And we never, we never actually go, wow, what, what is it 
what is it that makes us different? So you want none of the the same old, same old, and you really need to think, why, why should the best talent, if they've got four different options on the table, why should they choose you? And when you start from that place, you'll it's a thread to unpull, but amazing things pop out on the other end. Yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Jade Green, thank you so much. Much, Samantha. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast. With thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joinaliteagent.com.